Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boodoo a Goose, a podcast about idioms, expressions, and slang. From across the pond. This will be our shortest <laughs> intro ever. Yeah. Because that's how we get right into, that's what the episode's about. The episode is about across the pond. We've uh, been saying that intro for so long now yeah. and haven't actually thought about explaining it. No, I just, no. we always took for granted. It's, it's just, called the pond. Yeah, we just use that phrase. Never thought about it. And then someone left us a review uh, who? Oh, I just had it. I had it pulled up. Bus tour one twenty five left us a, a review. Buster or bus tour? B u s t o r. Bus tour. Uh, bus tour. Yeah. Uh, bus tour one twenty five left left us a review. Nice. Which is a great way. If you leave us a positive review, we will definitely prioritize your request. Yeah. So uh, sorry it took us nearly a month, but we got to it. We did. Yeah. And they requested um, across the pond to mm-hmm. figure out where it came from and. Who said it first? Because it's a phrase that's popular in the UK, but also the US as well. Um, To refer to either or. Yeah, it's really the Atlantic Ocean. But I don't feel like it just means... Like, if someone is flying from the United States to Portugal or France or Poland, they wouldn't say, I'm going across the pond. Going across the pond specifically means United States to United Kingdom or vice versa. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and that's my research also agrees with you. Okay. Um, so if you're looking at defining it with the Oxford English Dictionary or Merriam-Webster Dictionary, um, it just means across the Atlantic Ocean. Sure. Um, some of them specify across the Northern Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Because it's not, like you say, used in reference to other European countries, or it's not used in reference to Africa and South America. Right. You wouldn't say, I'm going from Venezuela to Chad. I'm going across the pond. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Even though it's the same pond. Yeah. Yeah, so it's specifically, um, we're talking about the UK or the USA, and it depends on the opposite to wherever the speaker is. Sure. Um, So it can sometimes include Canada, though. Okay. People have used it in reference to Canada. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of people North America. Well, yeah, I mean, but also like Mexico. Yeah. But um, I don't think, I don't know how much. I didn't see it. It would be used in reference to Mexico, I must admit. But I would say that. It's probably more related to British colonies. Exactly. And since Canada was, I mean, Canada still has the queen on on their money. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. That's so weird. So does Australia. And so does the Cayman Islands. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, I guess. Like, but like, the queen is smiling on the money in the Cayman Islands, which really freaked me out because she doesn't <laughs> smile on British money. Or in life as and a person. And I was like, she's having a really good time at the Cayman Islands. <laughs> maybe they slipped her something for a portrait. Or yeah, maybe. Maybe she was just super relaxed. I don't know. But <laughs> maybe yeah. she didn't sign off on the picture they used. I actually think they might have stopped using it now, but I don't know if it was the Cayman Islands. Somewhere in the Caribbean has decided to stop using the queen on their money. And I was like, above. About time. Yeah, really, about time. (laughs) Like, I, so I think that a major part of America's identity is our liberation from under the United Kingdom's thrall. Yes, uh, Under the domain, under their domain. We are no longer a colony. We have had a revolution. We are our own entity. So it'd be weird. Independent. Exactly. It'd be weird if we had the queen on our money. But Canada's more like, eh, we just don't really hang out as much anymore. But we still think she's neat. (laughs) We like her. Yeah. 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 I mean... She's head of state in the UK, but she really doesn't have any power. She just has money and taxes. Right. Yeah. 
Anyway. I, I once made a statement about this to, in front of someone. I, w- I will not say the name, but was a, a bit more, a British person who was a bit more of a royalist. A bit more of a royalist as in a royalist because I am not a royalist. Yes. I, I don't know to the degree to which this person was a royalist, but I was, a, I'd ha- I was on ships. I'd had a drink or two, and I was basically mouthing off to some... It, w- it was someone who was neither American nor British. I don't remember. Okay, did you just presume that if they were British, they, they would have the same political opinions as me? Because you know that there's diversity in, in politics in the UK, right? I didn't realize they were in earshot. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my only defense. And I was, I was basically like, the Queen's a figurehead. The Queen doesn't really... It's just sort of like head of state. But whatever. <laughs> and uh, this person went, uh, what, what do you... Th-? Like, they weren't like offended. I think they were more just like... Why does this American have an opinion on my monarchy? No, I think it's. I think they were more interested in how the United States perceived the power of the monarchy. Oh, fair enough. Um, because but your, your opinion was clouded by me telling you my opinion. This might have been before we started dating. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, maybe. I mean, or maybe early, before we'd started talking, before we got to a point in our relationship we would speak openly about politics. <laughs> or about <laughs> or the monarchy. I, I'm like, when did we talk about the monarchy? On our first date? Or as I like to call it, seventh base. But, uh, <laughs> seventh base? Seventh base is pol- the political conversation. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I, I think you'd have gone too far if you'd already gone to seventh base before you had that. Imagine you got to seventh base with me, whatever that is, and you figured out I was like a hardcore Trump Republican. Um, I mean, this is why ships have sign-off dates. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what are you gonna, like, yeah, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Um, something would have been done. I'm glad that that's not the case. <laughs> now we're married. And if you told me today that that was how you felt about things. Uh, You'd have to get on board, mister. Yep. So the pond. <laughs> Let's go across the it. The pond. Shall okay. We? Um, so, like I said, you know, there's. It is like we said about um, the UK and the US and their uh, air quotes special relationship. Yeah. Um, and and it does have for much of these two countries' existence, they've been friendly. Yeah, or at war. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> they've, it's, it's always been one of the two. They've either been allies or in direct conflict with one another. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, that has led a lot of people to think that it has some link to the British Empire. If you're looking at it, the fact that it, you know, is mainly to do with the UK and the US, it, it kind of you kind of have to look at their history mm-hmm. um, to try and ascertain its origin. Um, one thing I would like to point out in still its definition, though, because we don't have a strict origin, but just looking at kind of what this actually means um, it was really hard to find the origin and it was really hard to dig very deep on this. A lot of people aren't sure exactly where it comes from. And a lot of people aren't sure exactly what it means. I read a really sincere post that, I'm sorry, but I'm presuming was by an American because they didn't <laughs> seem to tap into British humor at all, where they wrote about how they perceived um, the phrase across the pond to um, be a modern phrase in relation to uh, growing globalization and how the world is shrinking and getting smaller and we've had increased mobility between countries in a globalized world. Oh, okay, so the the Atlantic Ocean doesn't seem as big anymore now that it's just... So now it's a pond because of, of globalization and, and the internet and, and the ability to pass information and travel. Someone replied and was like, you don't understand British humor to take it that literally yeah. like it's um much older 
than what they're perceiving. They're talking about it as a modern phenomenon. Okay, that's, like, that's interesting. That's so it is know. much older. It's yeah. been dated back to publications at least in the 1800s, and some people argue 1700s and 1600s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't make sense for people to be referencing globalization at that point. Right. Um, and they've completely misunderstood. It is British in origin, not American. That's, okay. That's pretty much agreed. Um, and it's and it's British wit. The Brits are kind of making fun of the smallness of the ocean. They're being sarcastic. Right. They're being sarcastic and understating it. Well, how long's the flight? Like, how? I mean, I guess this might not be the, the most fair and best way to decide it. But how long was the flight from Florida? Because you, I don't think you've ever flown from uh, the Northeast to. I have. To England. Yeah, from New York to England. Oh, sure. Okay, how long um, is that flight? I can't remember. I think it's around... Uh, I'm going to g- guesstimate eight hours. Eight hours, okay. Yeah, Decent eight or nine like that. hours. That's about the same as from New York to California. I think... No, that's That's like six less. hours. Yeah, that's oh, much less. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Um. Anyway. Anyway. The point is that this person, although they were... You know, that, that was a smart guess it was very wrong and they very much missed out on the nuances of British humor. I mean, that does seem like a very informed assumption, assuming that they had done no research yes. <laughs> and was and just kind of like, maybe this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Bless them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's actually a word for that describes this um, when we're talking about like phrases. Um, it's called meiosis. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I, I have heard of it, but please define. I mean, yeah. I, I know what it means, but please tell our listeners. I just <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, it just means that in speech, um, meiosis means to understate something. It means something in science too, but I don't know what that is. So well, I'm mitosis is the it. division of cells. Yes, that yes, I retain. This is different. Yeah. Um, it just means to understate something, and that's literally what this phrase is. And the pond is given as an example of, you know, a form of speech of meiosis, like a form of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not to do with um, the fact that we are now closer together than ever. It's nothing to do with that. It dates back much further. Um it is the second largest ocean, and that's why um, when somebody invented this joke, they thought it was very, very funny. Uh, not sure it translates as that being that funny anymore. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's, there's, there were some other um, not true assumptions about it as well, and okay. there was one that I knew you'd be interested in. Okay. Anyone that I love things that I'm interested in. Yeah. Jacob Rubin is very interested in Mad Men. Yes. You are, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so there was... I keep saying that we should... Because you only watched season one. I know. And there's six more seasons. I said we can do it. It just... I forget. It's not always on my mind. Yeah. There's other shows that we also really want to watch. Yeah. So Mad Men, the show, was set in the 1960s. Yep. Um, there was a particular episode that was meant to be set in 1963, where they used the phrase, across the pond. And somebody had got very mad on one of the Mad Men message boards. Oh, yeah. And said, oh, that's not accurate. They said it's a modern phrase. And the reason they said they knew this was because when the Beatles came to America in 1964, nobody said they were from across the pond. Mm. And that's what they used as evidence. I mean, that's simply not true because we have publications from the 1800s where this phrases you okay <laughs> but i thought it was an interesting argument you might be you might find intriguing yo as a brief aside i say this is a huge madman fan um it's one of my favorite shows of all time but the people who there's this small group of people of fans who i don't even know if i can call them fans who want to go after the show for every historical inaccuracy because the creator matt weiner 
said on a number of occasions he really, really wanted the show to feel like it was actually taking place in this time period. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a rumor, I don't know how accurate this is, but there was a scene with a bowl of grapes on a table. And he sent the grapes back and said, we have to get new grapes. Grapes were not this big mm-hmm. at this time period. And there is a number of articles that I've read, because I'm a huge nerd, that talk about, um, oh, like, like this piece of slang would not have been used. In one episode, a character looks in the mirror and goes, I'm so over you. Mm. No way. Come on, man. But that same episode used a Decemberist song. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So, that you know, it was a conversation on a mes- message board, and I'm sure this person was eventually shot down. Or um, uh, the people who rebuffed them, radicalized them, and now they only hang out on weird fringe message boards where they disagree, where they agree about incorrect information a lot. Uh, that could be the case, the too. That's a uh, double-edged sword. What's yeah. the next or thing? Or maybe they'll listen to this fantastic podcast and find out the, the more accurate right. information. I'm going to put Mad Men in the tags for this episode. <laughs> well, That'll we, get us some listeners. Yeah, we did <laughs> We did speak about it very briefly. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk more about Origin. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of disagreement. Um there was a source that suggested that, um, that there was a number of sources actually that suggested that it was from um, the period of the 1800s, and they cited many different publications and books that they found online where they used the phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and one person was suggesting that um, maybe the phrase came from around this time, the 1800s, the idea around the sun never set on the British Empire and that the British Empire was really, using this voice, (laughs) (laughs) really strong and and big. And and a lot of the British Empire's um, power was based on naval strength. So they had a huge um, navy. um, And... Possibly the reference to the pond, to the Atlantic Ocean being a pond, was kind of like saying, oh, it's just a silly pond. Uh, (laughs) Our big ships will be there in no time across that pond. We are the British Empire and we will take our ships across just that tiny pond. Right. Yeah. They're the big fish in the small pond. Yeah, they're just trying to to, mix idioms. They're just trying to big themselves up. Yeah. You know, like when somebody um, makes their car engine sound louder than it's necessary to be. You know, they're trying to prove to people that they have a big package. That's right, right? If you you get the opportunity, do not live (laughs) by a major freeway (laughs) on-ramp. Our apartment in Los Angeles is a lovely place, and it's a very nice neighborhood, but you just hear all nature of automobile. Yeah, I feel like that's basically what the British were doing with this phrase. Sure. Well, somebody revving su- their engines as they get on the revving their engines, yeah. or as somebody is suggesting. Um, there was an opposite suggestion, though, that maybe it was um, more of an affectionate term um, for the two nations working together, and more of a by creating the Atlantic Ocean to be a smaller body of water, like a pond we're kind of referencing that the Americans are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly it, it wasn't so, uh, I don't know, what's the word, like brutish? And actually it could have been an affectionate term mm-hmm. to try and show the closeness between the two cu- countries. But, you know, the British aren't great with being like openly affectionate. <laughs> so, you know, it's hidden under layers of sarcasm. Sure. I buy that. Yeah, that could be it. That makes sense to me. That that works with nearly every interaction I've had with the British person, present company included. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> anyway, um, and then there's a lot of evidence that it, it again comes from an older phrase um, across the herring pond, 
which was used in a lot of texts from the 1800s. I couldn't ascertain why herring. Maybe it was just a common fish of the time. Um, well, herring are small. And maybe it's like another way to say that it's small. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, and it was used in a number of different texts um, to refer to... Uh, People being shipped off as criminals to penal colonies mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. Also referred to other bodies of water. Wait, the British were sending criminals to the United States? Yeah, there were penal colonies in the United States. Like uh, when we were a colony? When the United States itself was a colony, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, not after not, the not revolution. The, not after that, where they're like, <laughs> okay, but we still want to keep sending our worst. Like the people who've committed crimes, their punishment is now they have to live over with y'all. That's how I got here. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's not. You actually have to have a clean criminal record to come here these days. And so maybe this is unrelated. Is that after the Revolutionary War? Is that when Australia became a British penal colony or is it unrelated? Oh, I don't know. I've got no idea around the dates based on... If if you know, tweet at us. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could Google it when Australia was used as a penal colony. But... um, yeah, the U.S. had them too. Right, yeah. the U.K. No, the United States. The U.K. sent people to the United States. Criminals. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I misunderstood what you meant. Had, no, I, by had them, I thought you meant colonized <laughs> them. <laughs> no. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> had penal colonies. Yes. Yeah. Okay, certainly. Um, and I want to, you know, we only refer to um, the Atlantic Ocean these days as a pond, but other bodies of water including the Pacific um, Ocean and the Irish Sea, um, were also at one point or another referred to as the pond or the herring pond. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a common turn of phrase for a number of different bodies of water. And then over time, it got to just me in the Atlantic. Right. Um, And then if we're looking at uh, the the final thing I found um, was that... uh, there's some sources, um, this was actually through Wikipedia, but it was citing an online um, etymology dictionary um, as well as some other sources to suggest that the phrase actually dates back as early as 1640. Um, so we're going way back in terms of its origin. Um, they didn't make any suggestions, I guess, these kind of guesses of why this phrase was used, but it was apparently, um, it did apparently appear in a pamphlet released during the reign of Charles I. Um, this pamphlet was reproduced in 1869 in a book by Nehemiah Wallington, and his book was called Historical Notices of Events Occurring Chiefly in the Reign of Charles I. Okay, so just when Charles I was king. Right. Apparently, he, um, his secretary of state at the time released a pamphlet, and he referred to the Atlantic as the Great Pond. So there's some evidence that it really does go back even before the 1800s when it became more popular and was used in a lot of publications. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really, really old phrase. Um, and it may have something to do with um, the UK and the US having their kind of special relationship. Right, and, will they, won't they? Yeah, <laughs> friends or foes right throughout those years um and maybe at one point it was like someone said affectionate or maybe it was just the uk trying to big themselves up who knows who knows yeah and and there's not a definitive on that so you can take it as as you like all right 
Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. But it, it does go, I, I also would assume, like this person that we made fun of a mm-hmm. few minutes ago, that this is a much more recent term. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting to know that, no, the 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 concept of the pond being the Atlantic Ocean, I but, you know, it, it, um, being specifically how the Brits view it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and it came from the Brits, but, I mean, it's commonly used in the U.S. as well. So, But you'll notice that I think that whenever you hear an American person say it, they always kind of say it with a British accent. Oh, okay. Which leads me to believe, I mean, that is more the fact that we make fun of your accent more than you make fun of ours. Yeah. Which I apologize for. <laughs> and I've barely ever done in your presence. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that we adopted it from you um, in the same way that we've adopted so many of your lovely sports chants. Because we're <laughs> uh, rubbish at coming up with our own sports chants. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and who knows what the British intention was behind the phrase, and if it was at all making fun of anyone or anything. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to uh, Bus Tour One something. Uh, 125, I 125, think 125, yeah, for uh, leaving us this request. This is a very interesting one, and I'm glad we got to do another listener request. Um, if you have your own listener request, you can email them to us, podcast at gmail.com, or you can do exactly what Buster did, and this is actually two birds with one stone, because you're also leaving us a rating and review, which we love so very, very much. You can do those on iTunes or any place that accepts reviews. Yes, please. However, I will say that I don't know how to check them in other places. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should figure that out. Maybe I will before we... Actually, you know what? By the time this episode comes out, I'll have researched it. So do it. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always honest, my husband. Yeah, to a fault, I'll say. Mm. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Jacob S. Rubin, and that's also my Instagram. Uh, and we've got another bunch of great episodes coming up for you guys. So uh, yeah, leave us those requests or don't because we've got a bunch of ideas. Yeah. No, leave requests. What am I saying? I'm ruining this. Yeah. Just, I think you need to stop now. Yeah. We need to say goodbye. We need to say goodbye. Uh, Happy New Year from all of us at uh, Boodoo Goose. I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. This has been another episode of Boodoo Goose. Thank you so much for listening. And remember... Nobody says potato. Boo to a Goose is produced by Will Scoville as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song, She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast.